Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Mum Talk, hosted by myself, Emma Jolin, mum to Amandine, who was born in September 2018. If you are new here on this podcast, I share my journey as a mum from pregnancy to life with a baby, now toddler, sharing all the highs and all the lows. Not only am I joined by incredibly knowledgeable guests, some experts in their field, but also mums and dads sharing their experience of pregnancy and parenthood. As always, you can trust in mum talk to be honest real and informative and provide plenty of nod along and me too moments wherever you may be thank you for listening and enjoy being part of today's conversation hello and welcome to mum talk series eight everybody this is series eight episode one And I am so happy to be here, so very out of practice, like I was in um, the episode a couple of weeks ago, which was the bonus episode, but if you still haven't listened to it, make sure you go and listen to it. It's listed as Series 7, Episode 10, Um, but it was literally just a couple of weeks ago. It was a big, big catch-up of what's been going on. But I just started this podcast now, telling you a bunch of stuff and then realising I hadn't actually told you how the first scan went. (laughs) (laughs) So I've started again. I've started again. So you have all of the information. Briefly, before I get onto that, this series, you're going to have lots from me because it's what you guys wanted, but we are we are going to have some guests on. I've got some brilliant guests, um, which actually I pre-recorded a while ago, uh, coming on to talk about um, a couple of topics. And also we're going to be bringing um, topics onto the podcast that you guys want to talk about. So do always get those into me. Whenever you're listening, if you come up with something that you really want covered, just pop me a DM on Instagram. It's normally the easiest way if you just go to Mum Talk Podcast on Instagram, just pop it onto there. I'm also going to cover in today's episode how Instagram's going to change a little bit and also a new way which you guys can support the podcast. I was going to leave this till the end, but then I thought, actually, I'm sure there are quite a few of you who don't manage to get right to the end. Maybe your little one wakes up from their nap. I know I very rarely reach the end of my podcast, so I apologise for putting this at the beginning. But in case you did want to support the podcast... I could really do with your support. This is a call out for your support. Um, If you value what we do here or what I do here at Mum Talk, I would really, really appreciate if you just listen to the next few extra minutes. I have started a Patreon page um, and where you have the opportunity to become a little bit more of a closer member to Mum Talk. So over the last few months, as you guys know, I have felt so incredibly supported by you all and I've been racking my brains of how I can get this support out to everybody so everyone can feel as supported as I do. Um, so I've started this Patreon page um, with the intention of welcoming you in, welcoming you into a closer knit community. So, as you know, with COVID, we've had the opportunity and the simplicity of just going to classes or you know meeting up, making new friends, almost taken away from us um, by this horrible pandemic and. I obviously understand it, but I've been trying to find a way where we can still really, really connect. Um, So in Patreon, I don't know if you know how it works, but there'll be a link in my Instagram bio, which is a Linktree link. And if you go to the Become a Patron um, for Mum Talk link, it'll take you through to my Patreon page. Now on there, there's two tiers where you can decide how you want to support Mum Talk, which I would be forever grateful if you did. And um, there's three pounds a month which you can give, and that is where you become an official Mum Talk patron, and you directly support me and the creation of the podcast. Um, and for that, I would be incredibly grateful. Or you can become a VIP official Mum Talk patron for four pound fifty a month, and that is where I have really. Um, tried to pull in my ideas and create an exclusive uh, community. So I've made a closed Facebook group where there'll be discussion threads based on location, pregnancy, trimester, where you are in your life with your toddler or your age of children. Um, Because I really want to try and connect people who can then meet in real life, (laughs) not just virtually. But you know, if you're location wise, you then have that connection when maybe all of this is over or just the two of you can meet or you know, you're meeting in small groups or whatever. I think that would be really, really lovely. We're going to do live group chats, specific group chats with mums at the same point in your journey or location. Same thing, we'll get all of those organised. 
Your questions will be guaranteed to be answered by me and the experts on the podcast and topics. You guys will be the first to choose the topics. Um, So you'll really become an integral part of Mum Talk and where this podcast goes with the series to come. And also, remember Mum Talk Live from November. We're going to be doing loads more of those events the minute that we're able to. And you will have early ticket releases for future live events um, and discounts and all that kind of stuff. This is all really, really young. It's all very much work in the pipeline. But I'm really excited to see where it goes and the community that we can build. So yeah, go check it out. It'll be on my Linktree link in Mum Talk Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Just go to become a Patreon and let me know what you think. Okay, on to the rest of today's podcast. Where I left off on last week's, no, week before podcast on Series 7, Episode 10. I was heading in for my scan um, a couple of days on from when the podcast was released. So when we went in for the scan, that should have been when I was six weeks pregnant. Um, and it was an internal scan, um, which they normally are at that stage, I believe. Uh, it depends, I think, on your dates. But because I knew that I had ovulated late in my cycle, I really was barely six weeks. I mean, that's when the date said I was six weeks, but I really believed I was probably more like five weeks because I ovulated so late in the cycle. Anywho, so went in for the scan. I was obviously so nervous, but felt all of your love from all of your messages. A huge, huge thank you for sending me a message. If you were listening to the podcast and giving me your well wishes, I really, really appreciated it. I felt so, I still do. I feel so supported by you all. Um, It's really, really lovely. So thank you. And I really mean that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So I went in for the scan and essentially the sonographer um, said that she could see something. She she could see something. She could see a sack and uh, she could see something off the sack. So that was all she could see. She couldn't see a heartbeat. She couldn't see anything. She did all the measurements. I mean, I have no idea how they can see what they're possibly looking for. They're so incredibly trained in this speciality I just I have no idea she showed me the screen and I was like all I see is a big black hole um anyway she said that she wanted me to come back the following week I explained to her how I think I ovulated late in my cycle and she said well I really do believe that that's what I'm seeing here it kind of it looks like that adds up with what you're saying what she did then mention was that I had a hematoma where the um, egg had attached onto the uterus lining which apparently is very very common a lot of us don't know about it because we don't have these early scans it's not necessary to have the early scans Um, but she said it was quite large. She expected me to have a more bleeding. Um, and she said not to worry about it. And if I did, if I was worried, then she gave me the direct number to the early birth unit, early pregnancy unit, sorry. Um, so I felt, I felt quite supported when I got that number. I know that sounds really silly, but there's been so much kind of backwards and forwards with the doctor. Originally, if you listen to series seven, episode 10, you'll know, but there was quite a lot of pushing to get tests done, uh, blood tests and things. Although the doctor was amazing at booking me straight in for this um, early scan when she knew that I'd had bleeding. So I think that finally my kind of heartache of not getting pregnant had got through and then when I was pregnant and bleeding, she realised that um, I really needed to be supported. So That scan finished and um, she asked me to come back next week. So I went back exactly a week later, same appointment time, exactly a week later, which was really difficult. It was really hard to get through what felt like yet another week of uncertainty. Now, I know that a lot of, uh, you know, in pregnancy, kind of a lot of a lot of the pregnancy is uncertain, especially I think we're made to feel um that the 12 weeks, that that first 12 weeks is very, very uncertain. Um, When I told my mum, you know, she was kind of like, well, you know, until you get to 12 weeks, you're not not really out of the woods. And, And that's very, very true. It's very true. But I am very much in the camp of, if something happened in the 12 weeks, I want to be supported. I don't want to just have to deal with what has happened by myself, which is one of the reasons why I chose to speak about it on here and have chosen to, you know, talk to you all about 
um, the, the highs and lows of early pregnancy and what, what we're going through this time because it's not really, it's not talked about yet and sometimes I find that if you do talk about it before 12 weeks it's kind of frowned upon or it's you're hushed and you kind of think, oh god, should I be saying anything? Should I not be saying anything? Um, but you know, you, do, you also don't want to be alone if, if the worst happens. You don't want to be alone, you want to feel supported. Anyway, so I went back for the second scan. Yeah, it was very difficult to get through that first week. Um, I went through, I went for the second scan and had a different sonographer. I actually had a trainee sonographer who was lovely. She was so sweet, um, and also a a uh, uh, I, I'm not sure what you would call them a trainee sonographer and then a fully trained, I don't really know, um, behind her, so also checking things out. Um, so that was actually quite nice. It's quite reassuring to have two um, trained minds in the room. Anyway, it was an internal scan again because we weren't too sure again of um, where I'd be at and I hadn't filled my bladder because the sonographer on the test before said it'll probably be an internal one again. So I hadn't bothered to kind of fill my bladder and drink loads of water. So she kind of paused when I ha when she started the internal scan. I was like, oh God. And then the uh, lady came up behind and said, growing nicely. So that was a massive sigh of relief, an absolutely huge sigh of relief. Anyway, long story short, baby's still there. And we saw a heartbeat. Well, I saw a heartbeat. Hendrik didn't come with me. He was with Amaldine. Um, I actually think our local hospital has allowed now um, partners, one partner, to come in for the scans, which is really awesome. So I'm I'm hoping more will do the same. Um, but yeah, that was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. She she showed me the, well, she did all the sizing and everything, and then she showed me the uh, screen. And you could just see these tiny little, I don't know, tiny little lighter areas pulsating, which was awesome. Really, really cool. I The week before the scan, it was difficult to get th through, but there were little signs. The sickness, which we'll come to in a minute, has been ridiculous. Um, so much worse than Amaldine, so that was a good sign. My boobs still haven't been hurting until literally like two days ago, or a day ago, I would even say. So I was a little bit worried about that. I was like, why aren't my boobs hurting? My boobs should be hurting. It's like one of the first signs, why are they not hurting? Anyway, the sickness was a great sign, so I did feel, I felt like I was going into that second scan very positively, rather than fearing the worst. Um, because some of the kind of t main telltale signs of um, pregnancy had really, really kicked off. So that was lovely. The sonographer was lovely and she gave me a printout of my record. She gave me a little photo, which is really funny because, I mean, if I just, I just literally gave the photo to Hendrik and he was like, all I see is a black hole. I don't know what I'm looking for. <laughs> you have to look like right in there and you'll see. <laughs> um, so yes, it's funny. But it did make me, it made me realise, because with Amandine, I just had the normal 12-week scans. We had no issues. <laughs> but it really makes me realise how from week six or week seven to week 12, just how much your baby grows just how much your baby grows because it's it's incredible it is absolutely incredible so no wonder we get horrific symptoms like morning sickness and boobs aching and heartburn and indigestion and constipation because so much is shifting around in there um and we're growing another human being and the extreme tiredness the extreme fatigue um yeah it, blah. I have, I just have no, I now realise, is what I'm trying to say, I now really realise, because I've seen it, just how much growth has to take place between week six, week seven, and week 12. What the sonographer did interestingly say was that she's left me at my original dates, so she left me at my original, you know, when the dates are calculated from the first day of your last period dates, um, because Essentially, that scan would have been seven weeks by those dates, but I, she thinks I'm six weeks plus five. So 
Um, she didn't see the point in moving them at this stage. I'm sure by the 12-week scan, it'll get shifted by a week or five days. I'm sure it will. Amandine was, but then I gave birth to her very slightly early anyway. Um, it's amazing how much of my memory <laughs> of being pregnant with Amandine and actually giving birth to Amandine has vanished. That has actually amazed me, really amazed me, because I kept trying to think about how did I feel with Amandine. Um, I'm going to have to listen back to the original podcast from 12 weeks when I started the podcast, because I just can't remember. I said to someone, I said to my friend Millie the other day, um, oh yeah, I gave birth to Amandine at 37 weeks and five days. It was not 37 weeks, it was 39 weeks and five days. <laughs> It's not 37. I have no idea where I, got, where I got 37 from. I think it's because in my head a full-term pregnancy was 38 weeks, which of course it's not, it's 40. So I, yeah, I have no idea how much I've forgotten. It's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, But I'm very, very happy, as you can imagine, and it's a very strange feeling because if I wasn't feeling so sick, I think I'd feel... Uh, you know, really, oh, well, this is ridiculous, actually. I do feel really excited. I'm over the moon. I'm absolutely over the moon. A lot of me doesn't quite believe it still because it was a rocky start. Um, and now I feel so absurdly sick. It's quite a challenge to get through each day <laughs> um, on two feet. I uh, I don't know if this is... You guys will have to let me know. If you've had two babies, I know, I know no pregnancy is the same. But I was not this sick with Amaldine. I know I felt incredibly nauseous with Amaldine. Um, but it went. Like, if I ate something, it would go. Or it would go in the night. It would go when I slept. It would go in the afternoon. I think mornings, mornings were the worst. And then tiredness in the evenings. But because, you know, I didn't have Amaldine... I was making Amaldine, I could just binge Netflix for the first 12 weeks and, you know, life was good. Whereas this time, trying to run after Amaldine, who is um, rather tricky these days, it, it, and feels so sick, it's really difficult. I'm in bed by 8 o'clock and I'm not exaggerating. By 8 o'clock every single night recently. Um, and I, you know, I've been waking up at, what, like, seven. Amaldine is not sleeping well at all, which has... I feel like she's now trying to prepare me for, um, pregnancy hormones and a newborn. But I really wish it, I really wish she would at this early. Because I'm hardly getting any sleep. She woke up, what, like, five times last night. I didn't go to her once actually because we're really trying to just let her have her time to self-settle um but I, she hasn't slept properly actually aside from one night at my mum's where she slept all the way through she hasn't slept properly for well since we got back from France so almost two months now so yeah it's exhausting it is exhausting um, and she seems, I've just put her to bed, she's very, very tired, bunny, um, very overtired, and she is fighting everything that we do, and she's kind of shouting no, and starting to throw herself on the floor, some little, um, I'm, maybe tantrums, but I don't really like using that word, because they, they just don't know how to process their emotions, do they, so... I get that she'll learn, she'll learn how to process them and we help, we're trying to help her as much as we can, but it's tricky <laughs> and it's really tricky when you feel so sick. Not that I'm complaining, I never ever want anybody to think that I'm complaining because I'm not. I, I, in fact, it's really lovely to feel sick because then I kind of feel like everything is ticking along nicely and baking in there nicely, so... Um, but if anyone, one thing I wanted to say, if, any, if anyone's worried about going and having a scan um, or an internal scan, um, there was there was nothing to worry about. I had the loveliest, loveliest sonographers. It was so gentle, so caring, um, very understandable. You know, I, I, I know that it's very different from each hospital, but um, 
they were really lovely and you can voice any concern that you have and they are so there to listen. Approach the fertility side of things um, and just getting getting the ball rolling then please please DM me because I will talk about it and uh, um, help you through it whatever way that I can. Um, I had an amazing amazing support from a wonderful 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 woman called Juliana and I really want to get her on the podcast I haven't really actually asked her yet but she very very kindly reached out to me when I was first talking about all of my struggles on the podcast because she listened um she's a natural fertility therapist with science and holistic training and she really helped go through everything with me um just checking in on my nutrition my environment my lifestyle my mindset um, and just really talking through what was going on with me in my life, any potential stresses, strains, um, and how that might be affecting fertility. And she was wonderful in that I could reach out to Juliana whenever I needed, and it was just absolutely lovely. If you feel like you need something similar, do do check her out, um, fertilitytofamily.com. I'm going to try and get her on because I think it would be really lovely to... Um, chat with her and how share how she helped me so much and and the support of just being able to talk to someone who's not a doctor um in about all of this so let's go on to your questions i want to get onto your questions because i really wanted to reconnect with you all during this episode and um see how you're all doing and talk about any topics or anything that you wanted me to talk about so let's get into that otherwise it's going to be another really long episode but first of all whilst i was getting your questions i had a second or two scrolling which i'm really trying not to do but i came across a virtual event which some of you might have seen but if you haven't i think it's going to be really worth checking out i think it's a four-day event and it's by giovanni fletcher who runs the happy mum happy baby podcast um she does kind of similar but she has loads of celebrity mums and celebrity guests on uh, which may or may not be your cup of tea but she is doing a four-day event and there are some very knowledgeable experts on there so might be worth checking out um okay so let's get to questions um best presents oh yeah so we had Amandine's second birthday and I didn't really talk about that much last last uh podcast but we did have Amandine's second birthday so um I have a question here best presents for Amandine for her second birthday what's she loving at the moment so Amandine with toys has been really funny she's she's she always loves other people's toys a lot more than she loves her own which I think is very very normal um we got her a bike we got her a balanced bike it's called a room I always want to say zoom but I actually think it's a w-r-o-o-m it's really cool it's I'm not gonna lie it's an expensive balance bike for what it is it is an expensive balance bike but it's actually a bike so it has a brake it has a bell it has cables running from the brake it's their proper their proper brakes on the bike um it's an aluminium frame it is their proper bicycle wheels with spokes um yeah it is a proper bike I'm gonna share I'll share a little bit more on that um so you can actually see it on Instagram if you like um but yeah she loves it she absolutely loves it she's we have a lane down the side of our house, um, which she goes down all the time, which has got a couple of speed bumps, at least to a, at least to a couple of other houses. And um, she thoroughly enjoys it. And she thoroughly enjoys going through all of the puddles on it. <laughs> um, so that, I have to say, was a hit. Um, yeah, she really, really enjoys that. What did we, we also got some wellies, um, the little wellies, oh, who are they by? Oh, I can't remember. But they're the ones that change colour when they get rained on. Oh, what are they called? I can't remember. But they're essentially a block colour and then there's a cloud and the raindrops change colour. So my sister bought those for her. She really, really likes those. They come up a little bit big, so just be wary when you're getting the sizes. We got Amandine a size 5 and they are really, really big for a size 5. Um, what else is she enjoying? What else did we buy her? I got her some Grappat wooden toys. So she really loves... Um, 
getting lots of little things and putting lots of little th- collecting lots of little things and putting them in smaller bags or little boxes. So I bought her a um, vintage kind of trinket tray. It's like a, a letterpress tray, an old vintage letterpress tray. Got it online from an antique store. Um, and then I filled it with little grappat toys, which you can get from, uh, I think it's called 100 Toys. Um, got her these little wooden... They're, they're kind of like little wooden men. And then also uh, some blue raindrops. They, they just look like wooden raindrops. And they're very tactile. They're really lovely to hold. And also got her some green cones, which look a little bit like trees, I guess. They're kind of a bit like... It's, kind of, it's quite Scandinavian style, I'd say. Um, and then she also puts her shells in her trinket tray. And she loves picking up acorns. So... They've been full of acorns these past this past month, and <laughs> Hendrik likes to give her the odd Kinder Egg. So the little toys that you get in Kinder Egg, which are definitely a choke hazard, as is everything in that trick. Well, not everything. The Grappat ones aren't choke hazards, but the um, Kinder Egg toys and the acorns are most certainly choke hazards. And she does like collecting stones as well. They're also most definitely choke hazards, but. Amandine doesn't put them in her mouth. And the minute that she does, we take them away. Um, and then she asks for them back and she doesn't put them in her mouth again. So we are really quite careful about that. Um, but she's loving, she loves those. And whenever we go to my mum's, she likes looking at old board games and picking out kind of the figurines. She doesn't pick out the Monopoly figurines, but it's kind of that kind of thing. She likes to pick up really small little bits um, and then reassort them I have from my childhood I have a very old Peter Rabbit game which has miniature rabbits and has miniature cabbages and these little kind of rabbit tokens almost um and she loves playing with that she loves organizing the cabbages into their colors she loves organizing the rabbits and moving the rabbits around on the board as if she's playing yeah it's really cute so she loves that um Hendrik is going to, not for her second birthday, it probably will just be one of those things that gets built when it gets built, but Hendrik's going to build her a kind of like a little summer house type thing for the garden, which I think she'll really enjoy. And it would be really nice if if he did hurry up and do it, because it'd be nice to have that over the winter, so we didn't have to feel like we needed to go out every time we needed to entertain her or you know, get her outside. It'd be nice if we can just put, it sounds really bad, doesn't it? But put her in the garden. <laughs> um, loads of you are asking me how I'm feeling, which is just so lovely. And I, um, I will come back to that because let's, I'll answer the, um, specific questions first. What is Amaldine eating at the moment? I need breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack inspiration, please. Oh, God, you and me both. And when I'm feeling so sick, the last thing I can think about is food. I'm craving the most random stuff. Like for lunch today, I think I had smoked salmon, which I actually needed to check the other day because I, I downed loads of smoked salmon and then thought, oh my gosh, am I actually allowed to eat smoked salmon? But I did check the NHS website and they said it was okay. I didn't actually think it was okay, but um, they said it was okay. So, what can I... Breakfast for breakfast, she is a solid one breakfast lover. She's gone off porridge, but she has raw oats with natural yoghurt and unflavoured natural, completely natural yoghurt from Yeo Valley um, and peanut butter. That's what she has for breakfast. That's what she asks for breakfast every day. Occasionally, she'll want to have blueberries on top, um, but most likely not. And then we'll either give her a bit of almond milk with it or just water. She gets so much dairy from the amount of yogurt that she eats and cheese that she eats. I'm not really that worried about her getting milk. Um, lunch, I always find lunch is the hardest meal. Uh, normally, well, sometimes it's a leftover, so it might be some leftover pasta. Um, there's a nice pasta dish, lentils and mushrooms and tomatoes and a low-sodium stock cube that kind of thing, which makes like a bit of a lentily type bolognese sauce with pasta. That's really yummy. Also, she adores prawns. So I make her a prawn, prawn curry, which is literally prawns, coconut milk, uh, peppers, ginger, some curry powder, uh, and tomatoes. 
literally shove it all in a pan, don't put the prawns in because I'll just go really rubbery, but put them in last with some spinach as well at the last minute and some lime, squeeze of lime. Serve it with rice. That's one of her favourite meals. Um, God, I feel so sick talking about this. But I thought we could use um, Instagram as a bit of a helping hand for some inspo. I'll put a I'll put a page up on my Instagram this week about. I'm just going to write that down actually about food inspo on Instagram, and um, we'll help each other out because if we all say one meal that we like (laughs) for our kids we're gonna have so many meals (laughs) so much inspiration um that we'll we'll be we'll be flying we won't even need to um have any recipe books maybe we can do a mum talk recipe book okay so instagram i am going to make a page okay for food right that's that listed down Okay, I hope that helps a little bit. Sorry, it's not a huge help, is it? Especially lunch. I really find lunch hard, so I'm sorry I can't really help with lunch. Um, Hendrik says I already give her too much bread, so yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm rubbish with lunch inspiration. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, this is an interesting one. Is it okay to feel jealous of people and me who are pregnant when you aren't even sure if you want a second? Yes. Yes, of course it is. Absolutely. It's a you know, it's an, it's an emotion, I think, that, that we're all going to feel, even if, even if you don't know if you want a second, I really do think it is, I think that's completely natural, and I think you're really, really strong to not let it necessarily sway your decision as to whether you do want a second or not, um, but yes, I think it's very, very, very okay to feel that, and very, very normal to feel that, and uh, if you can, try talking about it with a family member or your partner, if there is one, um, and talk it through and see how you both feel about it. Um, but yes, most definitely, I think, I think it is, yeah, absolutely. Um, experiences leaving a baby or a toddler overnight for the first time, i.e. with grandparents, not dad. I haven't done it (laughs) oh god I haven't done it because there's just no need for us to do it right now Hendrik still isn't working so we're um we're very much at home (laughs) and I guess with Covid everyone's kind of very much at home um but I can put I I let's try and get some people sharing about that um because that would be really cool to share about that actually I guess it's well it's probably not like taking your child to nursery for the first time but Leaving them overnight is quite a big deal. It's a huge deal, actually. I'd feel nervous about it. Yeah, I'd feel really nervous about it. It's probably why I haven't done it. Um, My mum keeps offering, but... Yeah, I haven't done it yet. Uh, so I can't share my experience, but I will. I'll put it out there, see if, see if um, anyone else can share their experience on it. Um, okay... This one's across two pages. Hang on a second. Random one. But do you remember when Amandine stopped to wake for a feed at 2, 3 a.m.? What did you do and when did you stop the dream feed? Okay. Hmm. Tricky one. Do I remember when Amandine stopped to wake for a a feed at 2, 3 a.m.? Do I remember? Do I remember? Confidently, not so much. But I think she was nine months. No, that can't be right. Seven months, six or seven months, I think. I put her in her bedroom at seven months old. Um, I think she was six, six months because I wasn't... I wasn't going to feed her at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning when I'd put her in her bedroom. God, no. Um, The dream feed, that was a lot later. That was definitely a lot later because we'd put her to bed at 7, give her a feed. Then I'd go in and give her a feed at 10, 30, 11 o'clock before putting her back into her cot. Then I'd go to bed and then she'd probably wake up at 5, 30, 6 o'clock for another feed. So I think the dream feed was probably 
mm, nine, ten months, something like that, I think. Um, and what did I do? Amandine dropped all of her feeds completely naturally. I didn't push her to not do any of her feeds. One day she just didn't ask for it. And then that was that really. She kind of just decided that she didn't need to wake up and have it anymore. Um, for the dream feed, I think I just gave it a gave it a whirl for her not to have it. And no, that's what it was, I think. Sorry, I just clicked my fingers, that's really annoying. Um Amandine God, is this right? I want to say that Hendrik had her for one night and he didn't get he didn't go in and give her the bottle or a bottle or any milk because she had quite a bit before she went to bed. And then he didn't go back in and that was when we really realised that she really didn't need it anymore. And I think that was probably the same, maybe nine months old. Um nine months old. Yeah. So I hope that helps. Sorry, maybe if it doesn't help, <laughs> go back to the podcast, which dated around nine months, and um, see if if uh, that that has me explaining a little bit more. Or there's one specifically talking, there's a podcast specifically talking about breastfeeding, where I probably outline um, a little bit more uh, detail what happened when I stopped with the feedings. Um, okay. What are your favourite activities to do with Amandine currently? Her biking is really fun. I love taking her on her on little walks. I always have done, but I haven't been doing many of them at all because I've been so exhausted. Literally nothing. I have very not been doing anything. If I wasn't recording this podcast right now, I would be in bed asleep. Um, we have found a great local place, uh, which we knew about actually for ages. <laughs> we went when Amandine was about five, six months and we bought membership for the year and we never went again. But now, now we, now Amandine is, you know, two and she likes to play and there's amazing play areas. It's called Bicton. It's a horticultural college, but they have kind of a section off it for visitors where you go and there's low, huge play area, really beautiful gardens. There's a place to get lunch and there's normally like a play barn and insidey bits, but obviously they're closed because of COVID. Um, so she really loves to go to that. The Donkey Sanctuary near us has just reopened. She loves going to that, and that's free, which is quite nice because all of this stuff can cost a lot of money. I'm trying to get her potentially into a forest uh, toddler group, so that would be another morning. And I love swimming with her, so we do swimming as well, um, which is really fun. And then we try and get to the beach maybe once a week, and um well maybe twice a week actually once to my mum's and once uh near us uh what else do we do I love cooking with her we made scones the other day um and little vanilla fairy cakes which she really enjoyed topping with um hundreds and thousands (laughs) which went everywhere as you can imagine but that was really fun um but I'm just trying to do as much as I can outside because I feel less sick when I'm outside and it forces me to get out of the house do you still use reusable nappies? Which ones would you recommend use them again? No, we don't use reusable nappies anymore. They just don't work with Amandine's height, size, butt, I don't know. Um, but they leave really big red marks on her legs, so we stopped using them probably at least two months ago. Um, however, I still keep them restocked in the bathroom for some reason. I don't know why I do that. But we're also trying to do the transition to big girl pants, so I'm not too fussed really about um, about that. She, uh, yeah, would I would I recommend them? Yes, I would definitely recommend them. Um, I would recommend going with lots of different brands, taking one from each brand, seeing which fits your little one best. Different brands will fit your little one at different stages, so it can become really quite expensive, but then buying nappies is really expensive, so I don't think there's a huge amount of difference between reusable nappies and non-reusable nappies, depending on which brand you're buying, of course of um, non-reusable nappies but yeah I think they're great we will definitely use them again Um, I wouldn't necessarily use them from birth I know some people that have with brilliant success but I wouldn't personally Um, but I, I, I really do believe that even if you do kind of just a couple of months in reusables you're still really helping the environment um 
still really doing your bit. Okay, what else have we got? Um, how is potty training going? <laughs> so yes, I'm going to get a... So I'm really, really hopefully going to get someone to come on and talk about potty training. If anybody knows anyone that they could recommend, can you please, please let me know um, who? <laughs> um, Amandine, as you know, went went on the potty um, at quite a young age and then just showed no interest whatsoever in going on the potty from the beginning of lockdown. And we haven't fought her with it. We just put it away. Um, and now she's showing more interest. She will go for a pee. She'll do a number two if she gets chocolate. So we do. We are bribing her, which perhaps isn't the best trick, but we are bribing her. Um, she knows it's just if she's motivated. So I wouldn't say we have kind of done, right, we're going to get this done in three days. We haven't done that yet, mainly because we're just not at home for three days and I just haven't put that time aside yet. But I do believe that now is the time. If your little one's showing interest, which Amandine clearly is, she can clearly do it. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's meant to do. Um, so if she's showing interest, I think a really good time to do it is between 21 months and 20, and I don't know. I don't know what the upscale is, but from 21 months, essentially. And Amandine's 25, so she knows she knows what to do she'll she'll kind of say pee pee and then run to the potty but if we're not on the ball enough and haven't pulled her pants down she'll just do it in her nappy um she hasn't kind of realized that she can hold it if she wants to hold it yet so i don't have any tips yet but i'm hoping to provide some for you um, are you experiencing a sleep regression with Amandine for either nap or bedtime? Yes, yes we are. I think I touched on that very briefly at the beginning of the podcast, but my god, yeah, Amandine hasn't slept through the night apart from one night in at least two months. Um, it's exhausting, I don't know what's going on. She calls out, but she doesn't call out crying, she wakes up properly, and then she'll stand at the side of her cot and just shout, Mama! 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 Mama, literally non-stop until I either go or stand outside her door or it's it's way better if Hendrik does it because if Hendrik does it, she, I don't know, knows that he's not messing around. Whereas if I go in, she'll say, cuddle, cuddle, pick me up, pick me up. Then I'll pick her up. Then she'll point to the seat where we read her books and she'll go, sit, mummy, sit, mama, sit, mama, sit, until I've sat down with her. Um, and because I'm just, you know, in the middle of my sleep and dreary, and that's the other thing with this sickness, I can't even get away from it at night. So I'll roll over in bed or I'll wake up at night and I feel so horrifically sick um, that I'll just kind of have to try and keep myself together whilst, I've, whilst I'm in with Amaldine. <laughs> um, but yes, we are. And, I, and pff, last night I didn't go in. She woke up five times. I didn't go in once. She, self, she self-settled every time. So I'm just really hoping that if we keep that going strong, uh, it'll it'll work itself out and Amandine will progress through this stage. That's what we're meant to say, isn't it? A sleep progression. Sleep progression. I mean, there is so much going on. There's so much going on in her little head right now. Um, it doesn't surprise me at all. We've been very lucky with our sleep, really. Is Amaldine in a toddler bed yet? And does she have a duvet? No and no. So we, she has shown zero sign at wanting to climb out of her cot. And I read somewhere that until it becomes unsafe to do so, leave them in their cot. And I think for ease, the fact that Amaldine's bedroom is kind of right by the stairs, it's the closest room to the stairs aside from the bathroom. If... Um, when when we put her into a toddler bed, we'll need to put a stair gate up outside her door. Um, I'm not going to put one on the stairs. We've never had one on the stairs. But if she wakes in the middle of the night and manages to open the door, then she needs to be stopped right there. Um, so no, when the new little one comes, um, everything, fingers crossed, obviously... Uh, that is when we will transition her into a toddler bed because I am not buying a second cot. Um, she doesn't have a duvet in her cot. She's still very happy in her toddler grow bag, so I kind of feel like I don't want to change anything up, um, especially while she goes through this sleep progression. 
<laughs> but yeah, when we put her in a toddler, I'm looking forward to her being in a toddler bed. I think it'll be really cool. It'll be really nice for her. She'll feel like a proper big girl. But I think that's something we want to save for at least a few months before little one is born. Um, so yeah, little one is due in May. Uh, so I would probably look to do it in something like February, March time. Get her a, a new bed and some new bits for her bedroom or something to make it nice and special. Um, any tips for homesickness? I've just moved to the Netherlands with my husband, 15 month old for a year. Oh, I know I spoke to you about this last night. Um, God, I don't have any tips. I, I seriously suck at being homesick. Um, I don't have any tips. All I can say is just be with your 15 month old and just try and enjoy as much as you can. And it's going to snow soon. Um, it is, it's going to snow soon and it'll be lovely. And think about us in the wet, dreary, Devon, yucky weather. Um, and you'll have some lovely snow and crisp, beautiful days, I'm sure. So try and enjoy that. But yeah, I, I, I can't imagine how difficult that must be, especially with wanting to see grandparents and whatever. So try and enjoy it as much as you can. Um, and enjoy the snow. I'm envious of the snow. I, I miss the snow. Um, and the last question, which I mean so many of you have asked, which is just lovely, is how are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's really nice to have the podcast to focus on um, and to do and to connect with you all. I've really missed really miss connecting with you really missed chatting um really really miss I'm sure with everybody that Covid is really starting to get to me just the the not having the ability to just get out and see people whenever you want and I mean a group of a group of friends and I were meant to meet up um and I think the group of us we would have been about 10 if we'd all gone I think like nine or ten um us with our kiddos and we just realised that, well, I kind of took the view of, you know, I want to try and respect the rule where I can and um, I am pregnant obviously as well and there's not a huge amount of evidence to show what happens when you are when you have COVID and you are pregnant. So I want to try and reduce my risk as much as I can and so a few of us ended up not going and that meant that there were six of them that could meet up and that was fine. Um, but it's just that kind of thing, and you just think, oh, God. And I'm, we went to Sidmouth this morning, which was really lovely, but I was wearing a mask, and it just wasn't as pleasant. It just wasn't nice. It just wasn't nice, and you're constantly walking around a busy town thinking, oh, gosh, can't get too close. It's a bit busy over there. Can't go over there. Um, yeah, it's just really starting to get to me in that connection. I, and, and the other thing, I can't... When I was pregnant with Amandine, you know, I was so looking forward to things like NCT classes, meeting new friends. I was really lucky. I was running a yoga class for pregnant mums, so a lot of my friends are from that, which is really lovely. But I just can't imagine what it must be like not having that, you know. Um, I have a little one now, so it's a little bit easier, but not having that connection, in-person connection. So many people are making wonderful efforts to... Uh, make virtual connections with other mums and I'm going to discuss something in a minute which will hopefully um, help with that as well but it's really tough it's really 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 tough and it's yeah it's starting to get to me it's certainly starting to get to Hendrik I mean Hendrik has flown three times since March and I think for him he lacks you know his job he loves his job he absolutely adores his job and to not be able to do it he was just at a point in his career that was just wonderful and things were progressing so much where he'd get the permanent base that he wanted and I think you know it's so difficult and it's so difficult with us being in each other's space the whole time that's something else that you don't you know necessarily think of um yes it's wonderful having Hendrik home but we're I personally don't necessarily believe that couples thrive <laughs> on being in each other's space all the time and both of us of course want to be with Amandine and it's wonderful with Amandine it was very very rare that she's ever going to get both of us on 
together for such a huge amount of time ever again. Um, so we want to make the most of it. But as far as doing things for ourselves and having that independence of doing things for ourselves, is really tricky. It's really tricky. And I, I feel for anybody else um, in our kind of in that situation. But then also... I'm sure those people, there are some of you listening being like, you're so lucky, you're so lucky to have your husband at home, you're so lucky to, um, you know, just be able to be a little family unit. And yes, yes, we are. We are very, very lucky. We are very lucky. Um, okay, so I also wanted to talk to you, um, first of all, about Instagram. So Instagram is going to um, change very slightly. I want to involve you guys with my Instagram. You guys know that my Instagram is not really my uh, my thing um but I thought it would be really nice for us to share for it to be a place where we can share all of our experiences so really let much less of mine because I can share mine on the podcast but more of yours um, and then it can be a place where you can connect with each other in the comments um and you can just listen to other people's stories so I will put this on my Instagram but I was thinking it'd be really nice um, to do, if, if you send in a picture of whatever you're happy going up on Instagram, or uh, maybe it can be like a um, just a square that has the kind of thing that you're going to talk about, or a quote from what you're going to say, or something along those lines. And then write a section of text underneath just sharing your um, experience. So I thought I would try and do different topics for each week or, well, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work yet, but um, if you have a specific, specifically something you want to share, whether it be pregnancy, birth story, fertility, um, infertility, uh, toddler tantrums, sleeping, advice, tips, uh, problems, whatever, whatever it might be, whatever it might be, then um, let's share because I think it would be really nice to use it as a sharing platform. Um, anyway, I'll put more about it, but so just make sure that if you want to be a part of it, perhaps send me a DM and we can chat about how we get this rolling out to start with. And that, my beautiful listeners, brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, I will be back next week. And um, in the meantime, please connect with me on Instagram. I'll put out a little, um, I'll do that thing I was going to do at the beginning with the recipes, etc. But thank you so much for listening. Lots and lots of love. And I will chat to you next week. Bye. Have a lovely rest of your week. <laughs>